Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We call it early today with JP Vargas Adela Vega. He's the MD at Galan Lithium, an ASX listed Lithium Explorer and developer with assets in Australia and South America. Uh, we talked to him about their recent PA on Hombre Muertos, uh, plus they've raised some money. We talked to him about what they're going to do with that. So if you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, some of the topics discussed, and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports and analysis, which you might find useful. There are summaries of other interviews that we've done just to save you some time. There are training courses to help you with your diligence process. And of course, commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies, commodities and markets. Uh, that is particularly interesting. Do, uh, do have a look at that. Plus, there's a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe and friendly environment, free from trolling and abuse. If that sounds nice to you, go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. JP, how are you doing, sir? Uh, fantastic, thanks. Good, good, good. I haven't seen you since September. How have you been? Uh, well, quite busy since. Um, well, funding was one of the key questions you asked last time. We managed to get it over the line, 15, close to 15 million in the bank. Uh, we deliver um, a PEA slash um, scoping study, not far off of being a prefeasibility study with compelling, eco compelling economics, um, $1 billion worth of MPV, and, and also with a very conservative lithium price, prices uh, at the time. So um, it's, uh, it has been busy, but uh, all positive uh, from our end. We have, um, yeah, uh, also we have seen Brian to the labs. We are expecting a result uh, within this quarter uh, that will drive our strategy going forward. And but I'm quite busy on in Australia and in, in Chile and Argentina. So it's been it's been a you know desperate times, desperate measures, and uh, we are still on top of it um, and, and in a much better position we were six months ago. Yeah, well that that's for sure. Last year was pretty tough, except for the last two months. Of the year when the sort of lithium prices started kind of moving, um, you must have been relieved to just, you know, I say survival mode for most of the year. You must have been relieved to get to the end of the year. Uh, indeed, indeed, indeed. Uh, we were quite creative, and and I'm really pleased uh, with my team in Argentina and Chile. You know, these guys are in the middle of COVID, something that we're not facing here in, in Australia as much as we've seen. Overseas, and probably yourself there in London, but uh, these guys were able to do what um, needed to be done. Follow all the safety advice from the local authorities, and yeah, we deliver um, quite a bit. Yeah. Okay. So, look, um, just to kind of remind people about what it is that you've got. Obviously, you're you've got Hombre Muerto. I think is the project where you want to talk about the PEA. So, you've also got a couple of other projects. We just deal with those. Just to kind of get them out of the way. Well, uh, technically, we have three projects. We have Ombre Morto West, and the one that we deliver the scoping study or slash PEA. We have Candelas, which is to the southeast of uh, Ombre Morto West, distant probably 20, 25 kilometers from Ombre Morto West. This is in, within the same salt flat uh, of Ombre Morto. Um, in Ombre Morto West, we are neighboring Livent. And at uh, Candelas, which is the other project that we have at Ombre Muerto, we are uh, neighboring Galaxy. And recently, we have done a joint venture with, with Lithium Australia, and we have um, got 80% of the Green Bushes South project in Western Australia. 
the highlight of that project is that we are three kilometers south from the Greenbushes mine. Okay, so let's talk about that because I want to I want to be able to deal with those and just park them up and, and focus on what you want to focus on is on hombre muerto. Yeah. muerto. Um, Lithium Australia, why would they get rid of them? I mean, they're they're whatever they 130, 140 million market cap company. Green bushes is a kind of big buzzword because of the you know the IGO deal there. It's 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 significant, and you're near them. The naming's quite good. Green bushes south. That's quite clever. Uh, why would they offload that to you? Well, if you look at their portfolio, they have quite a lot on the plate, you know, so they have plenty to divest that can catch in and get exposed anyway. They uh, they focus a lot of on technologies and patents. So um, I will say they're lesser of an explorer. And I, I think that makes sense for them to, um, you know, let company like us to to do their network for exploring. Right. Okay, fine. And so what gives the terms of that deal? You've got you've got 80% earning potential. So what? What's it look like? Uh, eight, no, we, we already have 80%. Okay. We, that's our starting point. So um, now we have our, um, it was all equity, so there was no cash involved. And we are done. Um, there are free carriers until pre-feasibility. And then, um, then you know, whatever happened after that, they could get diluted or decide to retain and participate with that 20%. Right. And, but t- talk us about the equity. So what level did you do that? You know, what was it cost you, really? Uh, the equity at the time. Uh, sorry, you catch me on that, but it, it was in the vicinity of uh, three fifty or four hundred thousand dollars Australian. Okay, okay, and so, so, so you know, it was. So what do you do? What are you doing with that project? You raised a bit of money recently. You got fifteen million in the bank. So how much time and effort and money are you going to be spending on that project in twenty twenty one? 2021, uh, high level budget, probably ninety percent Argentina, ten percent Australia. Okay. Um, the yeah, it's our main focus remain Argentina, um, and we'll we need to approach Australia in a systematic way. We still need to finalize all the mapping, geochem and geophysics and so on before even thinking of um, drilling, uh, putting a drill hole. There's a lot of data as well on on Green Bush's mine itself, so we want to really understand this properly. Um, we're not in a rush, but um, yeah, we um. Uh, Australia is not going to demand much of our funds and time. Our efforts remain Argentina. Right. Okay. W- w- which is which is great. That's 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 good to hear. Um, you said you've inherited a lot of data. So do you know what it is that you've got? I get that it's an option, and you'll park it up for now. But do you know roughly what you're looking at? Well, we're looking at the pegmatites that are present at uh, the Greenbushes mine. Everyone knows it's a world class um, asset with the highest grade uh, lithium in the world on a hard rock mine. And so that with that, um, we're trying to see if we, you know, we can see, uh, yeah, we can ex- explore to trying to find even a small fraction of what they have. It will be good enough for us. And the data that is there, you know, the Greenbushes mine has been a, um, a mine that's been operating for more than 100 years. It's been a tantalum mine, tin mine, and now it's a lithium mine. So um, the you know um, that's why we digest uh, a lot of <laughs> a lot of data bibliography and, and trying to understand the, the sequence of the events and how it all happened. So by the time we finally have a big picture of what we have, then we can start calibrating that model to what potentially we could have. Okay, okay. So we, we should just park that up for now. But there's there's some optionality there uh, for the future. Um, let's go back to South America. You've got two projects there. Um, you, one sitting next door to Livent, so people again are sort of 
in terms of like green bushes, you know, the neurology component is going to get people excited. So again, what do you know about that project? Well, um, the Liven project has been operating for more than 20 years, 25 years plus. Uh, the lithium revolution for the lithium ion batteries started at Ombre Muerto. Um, the Sony Handicam's batteries came from, uh, the lithium came from Ombre Muerto, so uh, everything started there. Uh, more recently, the um, Liven sells most of the uh, lithium that they have into Panasonic, and Panasonic makes the batteries for uh, Tesla. Uh, now, in terms of uh, production, they produce around 20,000 tons of lithium carbon equivalent a year, so that's the footprint. Uh, they have announced that they want to expand the production, and, and it's a known asset uh, for us. is fantastic because we have close to 2.3 million tons of indicated under the Australian code, the Jork 2012, uh, sitting in, in our ground. And, um, and our study has shown that we potentially can come out with a similar footprint in terms of production for 40 plus years. Right, okay. So with the Costa Candelas, um, how much, again, how much more money are you gonna be spending on that in 2021? I'm trying to work out where the focus is. On yeah, twin, uh, Candelas for the time being has been parked. And the reason being is that we want to focus all our efforts at Ombre Marta West. There is an optionality at many levels with Candelas. Um, you know, we can, if we need uh, further water, we can extract water and process what, process it with reverse osmosis in the ground. Uh, we have 700,000 tons of lithium carbonate equivalent at Candelas. Um, that could be a satellite down the track to what we have. Um, but we want to nail uh, Ombre Muerto West first before we move into Candelas. Unless, um, you know, Matt comes with a big check and say we want to develop those both at the same time. Yep. That's possible. Always, um, if you say all the right things, that that's to. very possible, JP. Uh, we have money. <laughs> um, like, I just, I just, why, why I'm going down this road, I just want to be able to say to people, right, that the value that you're going to create is all going to come from Hombre Muertos, okay? Because the other two are parked up. They have some book value, but it's probably future value, um, unless the market does something crazy. So let's talk about this. You've done a PEA, some pretty good numbers in there. Do you want to talk us through that? Yeah, um, a billion dollars MPV. Um, our operating costs at around $3,500 a tonne which is one of the lowest uh, operating costs uh, of the, all the projects that are coming online. Uh, very similar to what Livin has been reporting uh, as an actual cost of production on a yearly basis, lower than the, the operational cost of Orocobre. And when we look at the largest lithium project that is coming online in Argentina, which comes from Lithium Australia, they are um, assuming to produce around 40,000 tons of lithium carbon equivalent in the project and the cost is slightly higher than us. Uh, now, when we come with half the production, the, the economics, uh, the scale of um, the economics, they, the scale of economics, uh, they don't apply to us yet. So we believe that we already have a competitive advantage and we can reduce our cost. And, and the reason why we, we have this low cost is because the premises that we've been always saying, Ombre Muerto for us is a high grade asset with low impurities. Uh, moving to CapEx, um, the CapEx is around 400 and around to 40 million with $100 million in, in contingency. So it's around 30% contingency. And this work was done and uh, globalized with um, Worley, um, Worley Chile. 
And the guys are, are very conservative because it's our, this is our first step. So 30% contingency is quite high, but I, I do understand the reasoning behind it. And with a, a current CapEx of 340, if you remove the contingency away, uh, nevertheless, the capital intensity of our project is, is still very competitive uh, to our, our peers in, in the region. So um, with, with all these um, economics um, that are quite compelling and strong, you know, it, it gives us confidence that the next steps we can do a lot more in terms of optimization. I mean, it's, it's a good point. The contingency being so high is the first project, obviously. If you look at people like Livent, I think they've, they've pulled out of the agreement they had with uh, E3 Metals, citing the fact that they needed to uh, apply resources, capital and resources, back on their own project to solve things technically. Okay, And I think lithium, more so than conventional commodities like you know, gold, silver, copper, whatever, is a technical commodity in that sense. So I think, I think that cautiousness is, is, is warranted, and that's fine. Um, talk to me about the team, and uh, talk to me about what, what, you've been, what you've brought or put in place there, because this technical component is, is critical not just in terms of ex the extraction, but what you then do further down the line to insert yourself into the marketplace. So maybe start with the team and what they're doing for you. Yep. In, um, um, the team in, in, in Argentina, we have um, two geologists that have been a key part in terms of um, getting this resource estimation done. Uh, they, um, they are local Catamarca guys, and, uh, and they, uh, they're also shareholders of Galan. And I think that's the key thing that has made a difference now that COVID has kicked in. There's, uh, the commitment from their end is, is fantastic. Um, in Chile, I have um, Boris Caro, that is in charge of the study. Boris has uh, Argentine experience managing projects, lithium projects, previously with Oro Cobre. Um, he's a mining engineer, he's a Chilean-Australian as well, and he's... Um, yeah, it's it's good to have a a, um, a guy that uh, knows the markets, understand Argentina, and can deliver um, the the studies. And because he was dealing directly with Wally in Chile, because he lives in Santiago, so um, when he needs to, yeah, all the engineering that was done, um, yeah, uh, Boris knew exactly what to do. So we're a very small team, and we get all the support on top of that uh, from a board member, which is Daniel Jimenez. Daniel is the, uh, was the senior vice president of um, commercial for uh, SQM for 10 plus years. He worked for 28 years in, in SQM. So, um, and, and pretty much that's our team. You know, we don't have that many more people. We have ad hoc people that work part-time here and there, but um, I'm myself here pushing things from Australia. Right. I mean, that's the bit that interests me, the, the, um, uh, Daniel uh, Jimenez. Because the commercialization is what you, you sorry you're currently going through the um, the process of exploration and, and moving into development and you'll kind of work your way through the various studies. I know you've said this is a, a pre feasibility level PEA, but you know PEAs you know have a value, and I think that's contributed to recent move in share price in, in this positive environment. So that's really good. Um, but people like Daniel are the guys that are going to work out how do you get a strategic partner on board? How do you sell into market? How do you market, et cetera? So at what, st what stage, or, or, or are you already having those sorts of conversations now that you've done your PEA to be able to insert yourself into the, into the market? 
Yeah, uh, look, Daniel, uh, as you point out, it's a commercial person and he's going to look for the best solution where to get the best value for money into what we're doing. Um, he's busy. Um, uh, he has a lot on his plate, um, but we just want to get it right. And the market has turned and we have seen that the interest uh, from other parties, um, um, is, it is there. We have not talked to anyone yet, but um, I think that potential parties are waiting for a bit more maturity in what we're doing, but it doesn't mean that they're not paying attention to what we're doing. And we have had a couple of conversations here and there, but nothing that will take us to to uh, uh, next step. But uh, in in from Daniel's feedback, um, he's telling me uh, mate, not to worry about uh, what's coming next because it's going to happen. So he, when you say he's busy, he's busy because he's a non-executive director. He's busy with other stuff. But at the time he feels he needs to come back in, he'll he'll be adding value. Is that what you're saying? Well, look, uh, what I'm saying is that uh, Daniel has been approached by several parts and entity commercials and or he, he's got the connections worldwide into listen. So they do know about Galan and I think that he is um, busy just screening uh, how far these companies want to go with us and, and then when something serious um, happens he'll yeah he'll let us let us know. So he's working sort of a filter uh, in the meantime on the commercial side of things as how are we going to go next? Okay, and then so let's come back to the technical component. You say this is a you know it's, it, these are good grades, the low impurity. It's fairly conventional. Mm-hmm. Um, you're saying is that what you're trying to convey? Yep. Yeah, we um we have a very simple approach to what we want to do, and we're using solar ponds. We're not reinventing the wheel. We are using things that we know it works. Um, if you look closely to what Galaxy is doing, they've done a lot of work and probably more work than what we have done. And their conclusion is um, solar evaporation pumps. So also that's the feedback that uh, we always have got from Daniel because uh, he knows the industry and, and it's been there for a long time. So we respect his opinion. And from our end, and as a managing director, I just want to make sure that the money that we have is well spent. Uh, we don't want to risk it. And we're not against uh, the new technologies. But um, we don't want to be the first either because uh, there's a lot of risk involved. Having said that, we have this. We are in discussion with two or three companies uh, that we believe that are worthwhile. Keep talking further, but it's not on a direct lithium extraction solution. This is more of like a hybrid solution. Um, so somewhere in between that, we're still using ponds. But the key thing is to increase our recovery. So. Um, the thesis is, if this works, it will be fantastic. And if it doesn't work, we're already in the first quartile of the industry uh, under our study. Yeah, so we're in a very strong position. Because, yeah, absolutely. So um, obviously, Brian's telling plants, very conventional process. So you, would, I mentioned this DLE or hybrid DLE extraction, because obviously with DLE, it saves you time. You know, time's money. Um, so what, mm-hmm. what precisely are you talking about there? We'll save some money by... Um, enhancing our brine, uh, but um, the the com- time component is not that bad. Um, you know, not what we save the most. What we increase is our production yield. Um, so this is the key thing for DLE. Not not DLE. It's a hybrid sort of solution that uh, in- help us to increase our recovery. 
Um, our current recovery sits in the high 60s. So this hybrid technologies using ponds, we're not walking away from ponds, uh, increase our, could potentially increase our, our production rate. So um, as an example, if we thinking of um, 20,000 tons under conventional, we could potentially come with 23, 24, 25,000 tons as a result with the same capex expenditure, but uh, the same footprint, no increasing things, but we can increase our production. So that's sort of uh, where the angle that we're analyzing, and this is still early days, uh, but we like what we're seeing in, because these technologies, um, what we like is that there's low energy consumption and low water consumption. So um, remember that in the middle of the Andes and access to water and power is not readily available. What we've seen from other companies that are have engaged in direct lithium extraction is that their power requirements is significant. And, and one of the other things that are we, we like about this technology is that while reinjection, you know, that's a key thing that's been discussed. Reinjection is important because they said, oh, we, we're not, you know, we, uh, we're keeping the aquifer as it is. Um, reinjection may bring a bigger problem. And, and this is something that uh, it needs to be tested and reinjection uh, may bring some contaminants and down the, um, the aquifer. So we're not doing any of that. And um, from our end, we see this as a potential better solution in the middle of um, what uh, yeah, people want to see. Okay, so talk, so talk to me. Okay, so I understand. So I guess you're testing that. You'll feed back into the market how that's going and if, if it works and if it's if the economics are there, right? Um, you say mm-hmm. that you've done this PEA to a PFS level in some or all to, components, yeah. right? So what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Because that's well, that can give a lot of comfort around the economics, um, you know, to, mm-hmm. to the market. So what? Why can you make that claim? Because um, look at the companies behind engineering, you know, Worley, um, or Worley Parsons was no, uh, known uh, no longer ago. They've done the work and they were quite thorough. So it's not just Smith, John Smith Engineering. And um, through the feedback as well from, uh, from our team as well, they, they're quite um, happy with uh, the, the quality of the work that's been done. So that's why we believe that we're not far off. So would you, well, when do you expect to deliver the PFS then? Well, um, the key inflection point for us is the lab, the lab testing that we're doing in Chile, in Antofagasta. Uh, this has been delayed basically because the lab that we're using in Antofagasta shut down uh, at the University of um, Antofagasta. And now the lab that we were delivering our samples to also uh, from January, they stopped receiving samples. So we need to send everything to Santiago, uh, so which is 2000 close to well. 1,800 kilometers south of Antofagasta. So the round trip to send the samples, get the samples, process, and uh, everything, you know, every round trip, is, it takes a, a long time. So um, what we um, what we want to do after um, is the, once we get this um, solution uh, tested, we, um, uh, we have sent, Approximately from the last time we spoke, we have sent another 17,000 liters extra of brine to Chile. So we're doing several tests uh, compared to what we did before. So we have different trains of testing um, that are we, we, we are analyzing at this stage. And that will give us the solution as what's next. Are we going to uh, PFS or do we feel confident that we can go into the 
the feasibility study. And depending on those results is the decision that we're gonna make because assembly level, as I mentioned, we have a lot of strong engineering and the next is just the chemistry, um, um, lithium writes about chemistry and we just want to get it right. So um, that that is the key component that we should have results within this quarter and then we announce what we're gonna be doing next fairly soon. Okay, and then how much will that cost you? Whether it's a PFS or a feasibility study? All up, it will be Australian dollars will be around 8 million. 8 million, okay, so a big, big chunk of this um, will be going on a, on a study, feasibility or pre-feasibility study. Or both, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it will take us another 12 months to do it all, give or take. Give or take, okay, fine. Um, so let's let's come back to this positioning. I, the reason I said at the beginning, I want to say how you position yourself is because they look back at 2017, prices went crazy, equities went crazy, and then oversupply into the market. You know, you, you, you know how it works, supply demand. Obviously, the EV thematic is driving a slightly different narrative, but at the same time, there's going to be a lot of existing producers ramping up. There's going to be a lot of new entrants into the marketplace. We're talking to a lot of lithium companies at the moment, CapEx, similar to yours, that sort of level. Um, and conversations are happening, which is great. But strategic partners or financial partners are going to have to be quite selective. Otherwise, they're going to get caught out with pricing again, right? So. When do you expect, or where, do you, how do you expect to insert yourself into the marketplace, given the, like the potential volatility of a lot of product coming into market? Okay. Well, things that go for us is where we are. We the AC infrastructure is a non-salt flat next to a producer. The last company that got into Ombre Muerto paid two hundred and eighty millions, which is Bosco, to get into uh, Ombre Muerto. And we have proven that our chemistry is equal or better than what Bosco has. So that goes for us. Um, yes, we are probably a little bit behind compared to our peers in terms of a study. Um, but then you got the risk of a sulfide that never produced and operated before. Um, to date, one of the things that I'm doing in parallel is to engage um, uh, financial institutions to let them know who we are, what are we doing, um, they don't all understand that with this is early days, but um, um, imagine in another 12 months, give or take, um, we have the results and then funding is the next next leg. So um, I want to make sure that all the financial institutions are familiar to what we have, where we're going. And, and this is a warm up exercise, you know, that no one's going to give you money straight away because they think that you got something good and for the reasons I explained. But um, I just want to trust in the management, in what we're doing and how we're doing it before um, getting into production, which is our key thing that uh, we want to be testing, but um, uh, uh, getting uh, as soon as possible. So um, there's a lot of um, conversations happening just an as an introductory uh, theme, but um, this is an ongoing thing and, um, and I've already engaged at uh, many levels with different financial institutions. No one, none, uh, at, the, at the end of the day, no, no, all of them will come into fruition. But um, look, it's um, there's interest and they like the idea of what we're doing. You know, Argentina has its own issues as well. But um, despite all of that, they see our neighbors, they see the strength of our project. And, uh, and I think that could um, give us a bit of more leverage when the time comes, when uh, where they're going to put the money down, down the track in terms of uh, the execution. Okay, so just remind people what it is that you're going to be producing and selling into market, and you know, then I'll ask you the question, which is, 
were you or are you tempted in moving further further downstream and producing a sort of higher product, higher grade product, um, or higher margin product um, to sell in the market? Because obviously hydroxide seems very popular at the moment, battery grade, lithium um, is what people are talking about. Are you happy where you're at? Well, I have my question mark on, on the hydroxide. Uh, the reason being is because um, if you have seen the data coming from China, the LFP batteries that use lithium carbon in high purity, that is being the preferred material to go into the batteries. And yes, uh, it doesn't give you the same range as uh, lithium ion batteries, but uh, also it's, it's a lot cheaper to produce. That's the main thing. And secondly, safety. Don't forget that, you know, safety is a, it's a big component of this. Uh, these batteries are far less likely to catch fire. So, and at this stage, the producing lithium carbonate, it is a flexible product that has many markets. We can place it. Uh, we can place it to pretty much everywhere around the world. Um, and when things turn sour, we can produce lithium carbonate, technical grade, and sell it anyway. And we have the flexibility to have a high grade product that give us um, a low operating cost. So the key thing for Galan is to get the funding, get, you know, sink the capex. And once you're in, you know, yeah, you, you're up there for life. So keep it, keep it simple, get into production. It's easy. Yeah, mining's, exactly. mining's easy. And, if you think and actually, it's really easy. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> well, the chemistry is always um, the most difficult part. And on that note, if I can, you know, look at solution that even is less complex than producing lithium carbonate, uh, that's something that we we also um, evaluating because um, why Australia was so quick to turn around and produce more lithium and the reason being is because in Australia uh, lithium uh, carbonate doesn't get produced nor uh, lithium hydroxide yet and the large company is still struggling trying to get that out but uh, what they're very good at producing is lithium concentrate and. And if we can sort of mimic that down the track, or uh, that's something definitely we're evaluating because I can get to market in half of the time and it will take me half to a third of the capex of requirements for getting online. So all of these things are brewing in the background and we're analyzing and we're thinking, you know, we're a small company. I, if I can avoid to be another company with another lithium covenant solution that will take four or five years to get there, um, you know, I need to put my hand up for half a billion dollars, uh, even though we might be $300 million or $500 million, it, it becomes really difficult. Uh, we've seen what Galaxy has done in the past, uh, has taken them a long time independently. You know, there have been a quite a few lithium booms. My theory on that is because the CapEx component has been quite high. So that's why they're coming into a more simple, simple, uh, simple solution. And yeah, I'm learning and seeing what else is doing and I'm looking at what Australia is doing and what it's good at. So if I can apply the same principle, why not? Okay, JP, that's a great place to finish. That's where, that's where I wanted to get at right from the beginning, which is like you're, you're clear about where you sit and how you come at it, where, where your role is. So um, look, appreciate your time. Um, we should speak more regularly. It looks like things are really starting to motor. You've got a bit of money. Um, to be able to deliver these things. So um, stay in touch. Thanks very much, Matt. Look, Galan is very in a very strong position uh, today. We have a, a, one of the strongest PA out in the market. 
Uh, we have so much to do in 2021, but uh, we're not far away of uh, finding a solution as how we're going to get to market. So watch this space. Uh, please visit our website. Uh, my contact details are there to follow up. And um, yeah, I'll definitely be in touch and give you more updates as um, we unfolding. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.